Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm John Nelson here in Atlanta. Me compadre and co-pilot Tommy Palmer down in the borough. What is up, Tommy? The sun is up, but it's going to disappear soon, and we're going to get rain this week, which is a good thing, you know, and it's going to be cooler. We're getting into football weather, John. As long as staff meteorologist Tommy Palmer can make sure that Football Fridays in Georgia has good weather, then we'll be all right. So that's there you go. All right. So you've got some inbound games and some outbound games. Let's talk about the week that was. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with your TV game where we all expected a defensive struggle and <laughs> got anything but. We got a four-hour offensive game. Cartersville, Sandy Creek. Talk about it, somebody. Yeah, Hannah, <laughs> let me bring Hannah in early this week because we were all there and it was probably one of the crazier games that we've ever had. I think Cartersville just scored again. <laughs> right now good, i love that that's a great line yeah cartersville just scored and sandy creek's got the football and they're going to score here by the end of the show but 94 points 28 mm-hmm. 28 in the first quarter 38 28 at the break and, and it was just tremendous offenses on display hannah yeah final score 52 42 that shows you right there just how much offense there was in this game and they're a really really impressive performance by a pair of purple hurricane juniors wide receiver sam phillips with a 71 yard touchdown and running back harrison allen with two scores to put the game away you also have got to get Give credit to quarterback T. Webb. He threw two touchdown passes, one to Phillips, one to Devontae Ross. I can't say enough about that Cartersville offense in that game, guys. All right, let me go, Tommy, before I send it to you to get your thoughts. Uh, I'm, let me tip my hat to Sandy Creek and the performance of quarterback Matt Williams. 24 of 41 for 461 and 3. Ahmad Jackson had four catches for 127 and a score was shot. Amos had 110 yards rushing and two touchdowns, four catches for 103 and a score. The game was out of control. Four hours on the TV side, Tommy. Unbelievable, but let me tell you something. Any more, we think a certain, you know, we're going to have a defensive game, we're going to have an offensive game. If we have learned anything in this 2019 season, don't even think about it. Just show up and watch the game. You know, really, that's what it, that's that's where where we are right now. We have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, and usually when it comes to what I say, always go with the exact opposite, and that's what's going to be the case. <laughs> All right, well, Hannah will come back a little later on to break down the game of the week for Football Fridays in Georgia. And Tommy, I know that you want to also spend some time in Region 17A. Congratulations. Welcome to Region Play. Everybody's now in Region Play. One AAA and one seven A were the last two to get on the board. You've got two the two games with the four teams that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, Colquitt County and Camden, twenty to seventeen at the half. Colquitt County ends up thirty four seventeen. But I got to tell you, this Camden County team is for real, and that running back they got down there is the real deal. I got to see some of the highlights of it, as you probably did as well. But I got to tell you something: Colquitt County is a good football team, but do not do not take Camden County uh, uh, for granted inside. 
say, well, you know, they may finish third, they may finish fourth. They're going to break somebody's heart before the year's over. I'm going to predict that. How about that? Dejan Edwards ran for two scores from the Wildcat formation in the fourth to break the game wide open. J.C. Harden threw for just under 303 scores. Sophomore running back for Camden County. This is a kid that you need to pay attention to. Not just this yeah. year, but junior year, senior year. Bob Spire's got a great one in Jamie Felix, 136 yards and a score on 18 carries for Camden County. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is a good football team. When I talked to Coach Spire earlier in the year, he, he felt like they were going to be a good football team and could make a run at it. And I, I, I don't I don't believe it's going to be any different. I do know that uh, – let me – how about this segue here? Lowndes, who was naught to naught in the first half against Tiff County, uh, wakes up in the second half and wins 28 to nothing. Guess who plays Lowndes this week? I, I believe County. that would be in Kingsland at Gilman, eight and zero versus seven and one. So for those of you, and here's your subtle plug for those of you that have Alexa, this might be on my top five games and teams of the week. So Jacurry Brown threw for a sixty-four yard pass to Dominique Marshall with two minutes to go, first half. They beat Tift twenty-eight to nothing. Tift was held to ninety-three yards rushing, three of thirteen passing for twenty-five yards on the board. Also in seven A in Cobb County, McEachern and Marietta. Once again, we're sitting here thinking that the scoreboard could be broken. Guess not. No, I don't think so. But uh, both teams showed up, played defense. Obviously, McEachern is just as good as we thought they were going to be at season's beginning. And, of course, Marietta's going to have to fight for a playoff berth, as is everybody else in that tough region. I tell you what, that's one of the toughest 7A regions in the state as well, John. Marietta has North Cobb coming up this week. So Marietta at 5-2 and two is at North Cobb at 6-1. and one. That's another game to pay attention to this right. week as well. And then you, the last inbound game from the week that was that you wanted to talk about was the Wayne train, but also South Effingham. South Effingham is 6-2. and two. They have lost to Pierce County. They lost to Wayne County in overtime. They have played four top ten teams. And I repeat again, they're 6-2. and two. Read my blog about this group this week. Excellent plug, uh, sir. Excellent plug. Yeah, well, not so subtle, but, you know, we need all the readers we can get, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but anyway, South Effingham has just really done a tremendous job. This team is 6-2. and two. They've got two more games. They will play at Ware County, which is no day at the beach for this group this week. You know Ware is tough as well. No day in the swamp either when you're going up against the Gators and Jason Strickland playing there at uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium. Now to the week that will be. We talked about Lowndes and Camden, but the game that has the other two teams going at it in Region 17A really is big for both, but for different reasons really. True. You've got Tiff County at Colquitt County. And my feeling is that if Tiff County can play Lowndes, who I felt like was probably the best team in the region, if they if they can play with them, if they can conjure up enough stuff, as we call it, uh, you know, they Colquitt could, could have to make a late run to win this football game because all four of these teams, Lowndes, Camden, Tift, and Colquitt, are really top tier football teams. I think Lowndes is seven in the nation right now. Depending on the poll, Lowndes is top ten, and we've talked about 1-7-A. Let me throw one at you in one in uh, in 6-A. Valdosta and Lee County. This one, That one is one that we didn't talk about before we started talking about it, but Valdosta right. and Lee, seven and one and six and one heading, or six and two heading into, or six and one heading into this weekend. 
I think the winner of this one's going to win that region. I really do. I know Valdosta is as good as we thought they were. I think they've kind of mended themselves from some really tough injuries. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, these two teams, I I believe this is for the region championship. Coffee's in the hunt. And, uh, you you know, I I don't know what's going on with Hoko. You know, one week they play really well, the next week not so much. But, you know, Coffee plays at Hoko this week. And uh, we'll see how that kind of spins out but i really think valdosta and lee are playing for the region title that's just my opinion valdosta uh beat coffee last week 28 7 uh, zay simpson threw an 85 yard touchdown pass to jalen sucks to tie the game at seven coffee held to 214 yards despite all that uh vidalia and swainsboro as we take a, a tip of the hat and a nod to our friend john coon this week Correct. Vidalia beat a good team, uh, a Tombs team last week, 17-14, and it was a dandy. I think John told me there were probably seven or 8,000 people at that game. And, and you, most people across the state say, at a double-A football uh-huh. game? Yes. There will be another seven or 8,000 in Swainsboro this week when Vidalia comes to town. Vidalia, Swainsboro, Tombs, Jeff Davis, Metter, they're all playing for the four spots. It could get ugly down the stretch, John. I'm telling you. And there you. could be math involved, which has never been my strong suit. Uh, yeah. Region of Doom in single A. Region 2 had one game that I had under spot shadow. Wilcox and the Stowe Show heading to Osceola to take on Irwin. Wilcox much improved this year. Really good football team. One loss, and that was to Clinch County. But you're playing Irwin County, a team that uh, finally got Lundy back. Mm-hmm. And golly, they were good without him. So can you imagine how good they're going to be by season's end? Irwin County is just a wonderful football team. Wilcox is really good, but uh, I think Irwin County's favored to win the Region of Doom this year. I really do. Irwin, Clinch, Wilcox, Turner. I think five teams from the region of Doom might make it into the the field in single-A public. Also, we talk about the the region round, Robin, and we've done it in the past couple of weeks where it's almost knockout games at this point of the season. Stockbridge and Dutchtown are probably chasing the Jones County right now for the two-seed. Yeah, that is true, and i, I got to tell you, both of these are really super football teams. Dutchtown, we saw them last year on TV and saw how many great D1 players they have. Stockbridge is Stockbridge. Nothing has changed there. I just think the region has gotten so much better over the last four or five years. There are no cakewalks to uh, title town, as we say. Stockbridge and Dutchtown, very good football teams. And uh, it's going to be a fight to the finish, no doubt about that. One, one other game that we had under Spot Shadow was Jefferson and Monroe area, two teams that are chasing after region championships. Gene Cathcart and the Dragons always going to be there, as well as the Canes and Monroe area. But now we bring Hannah back True. in to talk about Tommy's last game on the board, and it just so happens to be our Football Friday game. It absolutely does. For our Football Friday in Georgia broadcast this week, we have a crucial matchup in Region 7 4A. That's number 5 Marist versus number 6 Flowery Branch at Falcon Field. Now, the War Eagles are 8-0, 4-0 in region play, and are coming off an impressive 37-14 win over then number 7 ranked Denmark. The Falcons, on the other hand, they're 6-1, 2-1 in region play, and were handed their first loss of the season by number 4 Blessed Trinity – 
20 to 17, a heartbreaker in overtime. So my question for Tommy. There you go. Can Flowery Branch bounce back from that loss against a tough Marist team? It was a heartbreaker, Tommy. It will be extremely difficult, and the reason that I say that is more than likely Marist, most people thought, you know, they were run first, run first, run first. Now they've become Air Marist. <laughs> they threw for they they threw for 139 last week and it's so tough to defend against a football team that runs it as well as Maris does but obviously if you throw for 139 in addition to what you do on the ground you're going to have trouble beating them you you, you want to get that good balance of run throw and and, and flowery branches probably got to play their best game of the year to win this football absolute game. chaos with air chadwick now at marist <laughs> speaking of air chadwick john uh-huh. you actually talked to him before this season he said yep. the main things he wanted to work on this year was staying out of play calling yep. completely yep. and the kicking game they really needed to revamp that seems to be working yeah when you have a quarterback like connor sigelski who is uh, hip deep in air chadwick being the dual threat that he is you know if you throw for 139 and then he rushes out of their out of their veer for another 128 that's obviously the number one guy that's been study hall for flowery branch this week but one, one of the one of the cool things that i've always remembered about alan chadwick at practice when he's when he has his uh, a back and his uh, two b backs he has a seven foot wooden staff and he has to make sure absolutely sure that he can drop that seven-foot staff, and it will not hit the A-back at the beginning of his three-point stance. It can't hit his middle. It can't hit his front hand, Mm. and it cannot hit the ankle of the quarterback as he's about ready to withdraw. So he anticipates that that seven feet is the distance that he needs to make sure that the veer works. Wow. All in spacing. But, yeah, he carries this seven-foot wooden staff. It is Absolutely awesome when I saw him do this, but yeah, he and he he anticipates and he expects to drop that piece of wood and it not hit either the a back or the quarterback. Will that's he have how it at the pre- game? I don't know if he'll have it at the game. He'll have it with him at practice, but that's just the, the how precise that offense is and how maddening it is, Tommy. When you don't when you only face something like this once a year, how maddening it is to study for it. Well, you know when you think you've got it figured out, but basically what he does is isolate your cornerback on his pitch back, and if your cornerback is not as quick as his pitch back, you're going to get hurt. There's an old philosophy. At the end, and you will see this when we get to Atlanta at Georgia State Stadium, teams that run the football usually win championships. And teams who throw the ball when they choose to win championships. So you put that little dimension together, and uh, you've got a winning football team. Maris has developed that. They, they were smart enough a couple of years ago to start throwing the ball a little bit because people had figured out, well, if we stop the run, they don't have anything to do. But this is a, this is a super, super football team, and Flowery Branch really has their hands full Friday night. They really do. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. These two teams met for the first time last season. Marist won 20 to nothing. We'll see what happens Friday night. We'll have more from Coach Chadwick on Countdown to Kickoff, which is our Facebook Live show tomorrow with John and I at noon on GPB Sports. Kickoff for our Friday game, 7.30 on GPB Sports television, as well as streaming live on the GPB Sports Facebook, the app, Twitter, 
We're everywhere, John. Yes, we are everywhere, and that is it for us, for all of us today. I'm John Nelson. Thanks to Matt Stewart last week for pitching in and coming out of the bullpen, and for Tommy returning in the borough this week. You can reach us at gpb.org slash podcast. Subscribe to us free wherever your favorite podcatchers are found. And you can also find me on your Amazon speaker running down the top five teams and their games of the week. Just say to your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, ask GPB for John's top games of the week. As Hannah said, you can always follow the GPB sports team, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube. This Friday, back on GPB TV, gpb.org, the GPB sports app. It is Number five, Maris. Number six, Flowery Branch. Our podcast is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. The Football Fridays in Georgia podcast is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you at the game. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.